Hello and welcome to the RevOps Show. And welcome to episode 50. Can you believe we're already at episode 50? I saw the number pop up and went, what? No way. There can't, it can't be. But it is. Anyways, it's no surprise that our prime directive at Lyft is that the business process must drive the technology. The technology must never drive the business process. But what does that actually mean? Everyone we've talked to about this prime directive always agrees with it. But do they truly understand the meaning behind it? That's what Doug and Jess are getting into today in this episode. With that, let's get started. Jess. Doug. Me want cookie. Oh, boy. Wouldn't now be a good time for a cookie? Yeah. Yeah, it would. Now would be a good time for a drink. Cookie. Oh, you know what? I walked. I walked right into that. I didn't even. I didn't even. I didn't even think about think about it. And I I usually brace myself for the second part of that. So so candidly, I hadn't decided if I was going to do the second part, but I felt like your your response was so on point that obviously. So Jess, you're a bit punchy today. Our little pre. uh, pre-show conversation you're you're the one that's salty usually i'm the one salty i am i am i'm i'm tired i'm done <laughs> i'm glad it's friday but what if people are listening to this on like a tuesday well i feel bad for them if they're listening to it on a tuesday they have they have three more days until till the weekend four more days is until that, the weekend is that really how you feel about <sighs> no it's it's not it's just how i feel today <laughs> i mean i always get sad on friday why? Because because cause, cause you don't get to see me for two days. That's why. Three days, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. Like, what are you gonna do? Like my, my 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 friend has left me all alone. I'm I don't get to Aww. work with our clients. And then you're have... not here to inspire me. It's true. It's true. And then you 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 know what though? You have first Tuesday to look forward to. I do. I do. I do. Yep. That for those of you that, that don't know, we uh, this would have been about four or five years ago, right? We yep. decided to do away with Mondays because people Mondays were, are people awful. were struggling with it. So so we just uh, renamed it First Tuesday. Yep. 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 All right. So have you have you got your next trip to Disney World planned? I'm thinking about it. We might not be going to World this time. I think we're going to go. We to might the go land. to Disneyland. We go, we're going to go to the West Coast. I've never been. The rides are supposed to be better. The food's supposed to be better. We'll see. The rides? Okay. Um, now, you're going to have to do something other than Disney, though, right? Because Disneyland's not. Doesn't Disneyland have- is not a one-week-long experience the way that Disney World is. So we'll probably do Universal as well. My my oldest Have you done Universal shirt. in Orlando? Um, When I was a kid, not like it is now. I mean, yeah, so it, it would... Yeah, so my 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 uh, oldest daughter is a huge Harry Potter fan, so exactly. she's actually been begging. <laughs> Drew's gonna be mad at you. Um, <laughs> she's been begging to go to Universal so we can so she can see all of Harry Potter world. So we're gonna nice. probably do that. Is she a Muggle? No, of course not. She's, she's not. a witch. No, oh. that's a mean thing to say about your daughter. <laughs> it is. It is. 
She'd be very pleased by it, though. <laughs> so, so you've never been to Disneyland, or you've never been to the West Coast? I've been to the West Coast. I've never no. been to Disneyland. Just want to yeah. make sure I understood that. No, I've been I've been to California before, a couple of times. Have you been to Seattle? No. Portland? No. I think the only place on the West Coast I've been is California. <laughs> Pretty sure. Tijuana? We don't talk about that. We don't talk about that? No, we don't talk about that. Oh, you know what? I don't have that on my board. I need to ask oh, you to talk about Oh, man. Oh, walked. darn. If I had that. Oh, darn. If, you had, if I had that, you would have walked right into that. I would have had that in my head all weekend long. So I'm glad you don't have that. We have a client and who has that, and it drives me nuts. I might be able to get it for us before the end of the show. I'll see what I can uh, do. Um, great. And, uh, oh, my gosh, I totally forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. So this is the uh, this is the end of a very, very, very special week. How so? This is our second RevOps episode. Oh, it is. Recording this it week. is. Two in one week. I'm proud of us. I didn't think we could do it, but we did. I thought for sure. You know what? I just been, I've been waiting all I'm day now, for you to cancel out on me today. I'm now energized by the fact that we were able to fit two RevOps shows in, into one week. There we go. Yes. So what are we talking about today, Jess? Today, we are talking about what does the business process must drive the technology really mean? So today, and it's interesting because you're wearing the wrong shirt. Today, we're talking about the Prime Directive. We are. I'm wearing the wrong shirt. I love Star Trek. I don't have any Star Trek gear, though. I'll get you a. Uh, I'll get you a Star Trek. Uh, I'll get you a red Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> so I won't survive to the end of the episode. Is that exactly. why? Great. Exactly. <laughs> Great. Congratulations! You're a guest. You're you're you've got your first assignment. You're a guest star on, on Star Trek. Oh my God! I've got a red shirt. Yep. Yep. Good news, bad news. <laughs> <laughs> Siri, Siri didn't like that. All right. So we are talking about okay. the Prime Directive. Yeah. So where I, I want to Should talk... I tell everybody what the Prime Directive is? Yes. Yes. Let's start there. So we have a Prime Directive whenever we touch any technology, whenever we're doing any type of implementation, and that is that the business process must drive the technology. The technology should never dictate the business process. Now, before you get into your questions, what I want people to understand is... How many times a week do you think I say that? Oh my god! <laughs> I just had that realization. It. I mean, I say I say it. I say it a minimum of twice a day. Yeah, I think I must say it fifty times a week. And you know, it 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 has. Um, I have people that I've co that I co sell with, and they like to make fun of it now because they've heard it so many times and. Right. And, and it has a tremendous impact when we're talking to somebody who's beginning to think about what's needed, especially when we're talking to their IT team. So the business process must drive the technology. The technology should never dictate the business process. And it's like, yes, no, I totally agree. This is, the, this is exactly how we think. I'm, I'm, yes, yes, yes. And so today we're going to talk about what does that mean? Yep. What does okay. that really mean? Because I have come to realize that people love the concept. They love the idea, but, and, and I do mention to people that, that when we're talking about CRM, marketing automation, things like that, that like the, the superpower, the magic superpower of CRM and platform type tools like that is they find their way into the driver's seat. And when it starts driving, that's when havoc ensues. Um, and so 
I want to add some meat to the proverbial bones, if you will, yep. on, on what this really means. Yep. So where I want to start, rather than just ask you, what does it mean? Because that was initially <laughs> the thought I had. Uh, <laughs> Should we start in the beginning, Jess? It was a cold, rainy night. <laughs> it was a dark, stormy night. There it is. <laughs> October 19th, 19th. Well, actually, it was October. Uh, uh, the night would have been, I guess, October 18th, 1967. Okay. Doris Davidoff <laughs> in her Washington General Hospital. All right. So <laughs> what does what does having the business process drive the technology? What does that look like? Let's let's start there. About six foot five. Great. Super helpful. Um, what does it look like? Can you can you give me a little bit more context? Well, so I mean like how? No. Um. <laughs> so so let's take a step back. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What 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 does it mean? It 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 really follows along the the revenue acceleration framework, which which is the framework we've been working on and and um, I mean we created it about five years ago, dialing it in. I'm actually, you know how I like to tinker with things and and you know when you really look at that. Uh, a, I don't think we've ever had a framework last as long as that one has, and it's only had very, very minor modifications. And, and right, because it, it, it's, I think it pretty, it, it nailed it, right. And, and so, you know, part of the element of of why the revenue acceleration framework was created was it was initially created to try to really articulate the the need, the requirement, the focus of revenue operations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, one of the things that uh, you know, I've identified, I've discovered, I don't think I'm the only one to have discovered this is like there is a chasm mm-hmm. between the strategy of an organization and its execution between the intent of the strategy or an initiative or whatever, and, and ultimately its performance. And so, I mean, I think part of the problem is people misapply strategy. Mm-hmm. So strategy is, you know, basically it's a, it's a clear guiding policy that, that enables decisions to be made in a way that aligns the vectors of those decisions across multiple people in real time, because okay. you know, the difficulty is we, you know, we operate at the speed of life and, you know, if we had to stop and check in and identify, um, you know, everyone talks about the analogy of the audible and football. I mean, that's life, you know, right. business is just an ongoing audible. Um, and, and so the strategy is what enables people to make those types of decisions um, in a manner that aligns with the greater purpose, which leads to, you know, which leads to greater momentum, greater impact results, et cetera. Right. And so strategy, or as it relates to your go-to-market motions, your go-to-market strategy really needs to frame out everything. That is the, um, the you know, the basis of that. And that's about what's your economic model what's your go-to-market positioning, what's your messaging, where, you know, where's your value proposition, um, what's your sales model, et cetera. That then, that then drives your structure. Your structure is your system design. Right. The tools that you use, your tech stack and your scoreboard. And that needs to drive your approach. Your approach is what is your um, MO. What is your modus operandi? It's the playbooks, the methodologies, and the processes that you have. Now, what I want to emphasize here is whether you have documented playbooks, processes, and methodologies, 
whether they're documented or not, you have them. It's okay. like people say, we don't have a CRM. That's not true. You have a CRM. You might not have something that's designed to be a CRM. We use spreadsheets. Okay, great. Excel is your CRM. Right. And, and, and the reality is probably Outlook is your CRM, but that's a story for another day. So that structure, that approach is guided by what is the go-to-market strategy. The business process is, is tied into that, right? So, so it is the, the structure with the methodology that, that, that creates a, a way, right? There is a way that we do things here at. Right. What, what makes an organization an organization when there's a commonality of way? So, and I know this, you know, one, one difficulty that companies have, you know, you add on more and more complexity and before you know it, there is no way. Right. And, and what ends up happening is you're really not an organization. You're really not a sales organization because if everyone's doing it differently, now, what's interesting is everyone's doing it differently. You have a problem. That doesn't mean that everyone needs to do it the same. What does that mean? It means that there's a, there, there is a commonality. There are areas of standardization that happen. That doesn't mean that you don't allow flexibility. That doesn't mean that there's not a dynamic component. To right. It. And, and I use the, the, you know, the analogy of the baseball swing. Everyone has a different way to swing. Everyone has a different set of biomechanics and so forth. But there is a methodology to hitting a baseball. Right. Right. And and you're you know, there is a commonality. And if there wasn't, then you really wouldn't be able to manage performance. Because yep. there because everything would be a mystery. And and so what does it look like? It looks like when, you know, the the you know there there is a clear structure, there is a clear approach. We're 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 doing things purposefully. Right. I, I used when I when I coached baseball, someone would have a bat at bat or something and I and I would say to them, What were you trying to do there? Mm-hmm. Sometimes they say, Oh, well, I was trying to go oppo coach. Or my or they might say, I'm I'm trying to pull. Right. Right. And they might say they say, I was trying to go oppo. I'm like, Okay, well what led you to want to go oppo? Right. Okay. Now, if they said something like, Well, they'd really been pitching me outside a lot. And so I felt like whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Then I, then I would go, okay, that makes sense. And I probably wouldn't have said anything else. Now in this example, you know, like I guess I remember it was a bad at bat. So I'm looking at it and, and, and certainly the result was bad, but also the, the approach seemed bad because the pitch was inside. Sure. Right. And so on right. an inside pitch, for those of you who don't know, inside pitch, you pull outside pitch, you go up. Right. Now let's say we've got a pitcher. They've been throwing inside, inside, inside. And now you're trying to take an oppo approach. I mean, okay, well let, let's take a look at what led into this. And so that's an example of the process leading the technical elements of the at bat. Right. right. Um, what are we trying to do here? Where are we? Um, you know, the things that we should be doing early in a conversation, early in a sales interaction are not the same things that we should be doing late in a sales interaction. What, what's happening? Why are we doing that? That, that rationale, that's business process. That makes and, sense. And I think in our previous episode, well, in our, um, a couple episodes ago, we talked about methodologies. Uh-huh. Business process is that combination of what is the, what is the process, the, the value stream, the value creation stream that you're following mixed with uh-huh. the methodology 
and okay. what is the how to maximize the opportunities and the probabilities of having successful outcomes. And one thing that you that you mentioned earlier, and, and we we talk about it a lot, is even if it's not documented, you you have a process, whether it's documented or not. You you have you have playbooks. You have is is a core part of getting to making sure the business process drives the technology is that is that starting to document those things and and outline those things so what i would say is if it's not documented then there's no way that that okay. the business process is because you 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 have an mo right you you right. have a process but your process is varying right and 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 so the difficulty is which is another way of saying you just have a really, really bad process. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the problem is you can't learn from bad process. Right. 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 Bad process produces very unpredictable outcomes. So if you look at any interaction, the outcome of that interaction has an awful lot of luck involved in it. So I, I remember my first high network client that I landed when I was at Merrill Lynch. Um, I won't, I won't share his name, um, but it was, um, he had, he was, he was worth $10 million. He had $8 million of investable assets. That was, I was still technically in the training program. That was as home run as you get. Right. And, and we had, I, I had gone, you know, worked together with another um, advisor at Merrill Lynch. We put together a seminar for um, executives at mobile, which was in our geography um, kind of broke up the list of who are you working, et cetera. Mm-hmm. This, you know, he happened to be on my list um, and the way that I went about managing the process, it was a very low friction, um, you know, pretty easy process, if you will. And and so the, you know, my friend who I worked on it, you know, work, worked on the program with, he's like, you know, yeah, you know, you were just lucky. He said, you're lucky because he was on your list and you're lucky because, I mean, you know, I could have gotten him. I could have closed. Right. And it's like, you know, and, and in the, what, what he found out was I wasn't as lucky as it looked. He wasn't as easy as it looked. That's where, you know, all the methodology, et cetera, came from. Right. See, that was my ego speaking out of it a little bit, <laughs> but, but it's like playing, you know, it's like playing poker. You hear, I mean, I have two analogies, basically baseball and poker um, on any individual hand, luck plays a really heavy role, but as you add more and more hands, right luck becomes less and less of, of the contributor. Yeah. Right. So, so over the course of a year of playing poker, luck probably accounts for five to 10% of your results in a particular hand. It probably counts for about 98, 90, it probably counts for about 95, 98% of your results. Right. And, and so if you don't, what, what enables you to get luck from playing 95 to 98%, to three to five percent over time is you're able to learn from it you're able to make adjustments to to continue to increase your probability increase your decision quality increase improve the actions that you take and and the challenge is if if the if everything is different it would be like a b testing we're going to change 17 things in this email gotcha. and you want to a b test it yeah. And by the way, so we're going to change the the list that we're sending it to, the type of people we're sending it to, the product that we're focused like we're going to change all of this stuff and now we're going to compare the two. Right. I I don't know, right? And and so without there being a if without there being a stable element, you know, in in 
in a research experiment, we would, we would call it a control group, right? Now, that's not to say that I can't change the process, but if I'm not clear on what I'm doing, if there's not a level of standardization there, then I can't learn from it. And what will happen is the only learning I'll do will be based on outcomes, will be based on the result of, of what happened. So luck will, uh, you know, I'll try to play to luck, which will drive my decision quality down. Yeah, that makes sense. Right? So, so yeah. if you don't have it documented, then, because by the way, even when it's documented, I don't execute the process and the methodology precisely every time. Do you not, Doug? That, I find precision to be your strong point. <laughs> but but because we have it documented, mm-hmm. yeah, I can say, well, you know what? I realized I kind of deviated here from here. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm amazed. You've seen me do, you've seen me do sales coaching conversations, breaking down either sales cycles or conversations. You know, everyone wants to talk about what happened at the end. And I'm like, well, well, what was, what was the first thing that you said? Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. Right. Because yeah. whatever that first thing that you said is, is going to frame everything else that happens then. And so if that is always changing, mm-hmm. Then, then you can't learn. You can't. You, 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 you know, you're playing a game of luck, and the only way you win with the game of luck is just to increase repetitions. Well, and I think I think that point goes to you know as we as we've worked with with um, other teams outside of sales as we've kind of broadened what we um, implement. I think that applies to ops. That applies to service. Plus everything. Cause, cause when something starts to break down and, and you're so spot on of, well, well it did this. So it's, so it's broken. It's like, okay, well, what was the documented process? What were they supposed to, uh, what were they supposed to do? No, actually it's not broken. They were supposed to disposition this property and that wasn't done. And so that's why it broke, you know? Well, that's only a small piece of it though. I mean, that, 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 that's a diagnostic piece of it in terms sure. of, in terms of managing it, but there's actually something earlier. Um, this happened and because of how it's set up, this is really hard to deal with. Yeah. Right. So, so this is frustrating. You need to fix this. Well, well, wait a sec. See, see, here's what documented process forces you to do. You, you know what my favorite thing to say is, don't you, Jess? Is the juice worth the squeeze? Now, do you know what my second favorite thing to say is? No. Managing trade-offs. Oh, I, I had trade-offs in my head too. I'm mad at myself on that one. What the process does is you're making your trade-off decisions. Yeah. Right. To make this easy, you have to make that hard. Right. And yep. and so, and, and again, this gets into, you know, one of the statements that I make and I stand by it is more than 90% of the time when someone tells me, us, that their CRM isn't working, that their CRM isn't good, whatever they think. When we get into it, what we find is the issue is really in the business process, mm-hmm. yeah, 100%. not in the technology. The business process is that's where you make your choice, right? And so what you decide is to reduce friction, this happens 80% of the time. This happens 3% of the time. So we are going to build the system for the 80% of the time and you know, in this case, we don't want to prevent the 3%. Right. And by the way, that might be a choice. We're just not going to allow the 3%. Mm-hmm. But the other choice is when this 3% happens, we are going to accept 
that that is going to be a more difficult thing. That is going to have, I'm going to say that's going to have unnecessary friction to it. I was just talking to somebody about this today. I was like, we don't, we don't plan to the edge case. So we're going to, we're going to do this. We're going to set it up this way. And we're going to know that we've got these instances where it may not apply. Well, and, and, and here's what you have to understand when it comes to edge cases, you can't scale edge cases. Yep. And you can't adopt edge cases. There's yep. no such thing as adoption for edge cases. Because if you could adopt them, they wouldn't be edge cases. <laughs> right. So, you know, what, what happens is the edge case happens. And if you don't have clear business process, you go, well, we need to fix that. Right. But in fixing that, you now make the other thing harder. Right. Right. And so what ends up happening is you, you, you follow this pendulum of restrict, restrict, restrict until it's restricted too much, mm-hmm. then expand, expand, expand until it's expanded too much and restrict, restrict, restrict. Right. And everything becomes difficult. And, and especially on the sales side and, and, and to some degree on the marketing side, but on like the CRM and, and conversational applications for adoption, it's easier to have the conversation without the tool than with the tool. Right. Because you're trying to solve for everything and you can't solve for everything. Right. Remember when you go to technology, you are, you are automating. You can go back to our last episode. You are automating mm-hmm. right? to be able to automate effectively, e- even with manual intervention, mm-hmm. right? You still, there needs to be standardization. You are not an organization without standardization. You're at best a confederation. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and so the, the thing that's hard is that a business process requires choice, right? And, and, and it allows mastery because there's repetition involved. If I do it differently every time, I can't master it. So you're saying it allows choice, but then you're also saying... No, it requires choice. It requires choice, but you're also saying it can't be different every time. Well, you're making the choice. Now, now remember, there's, there's a... Between this point and this point, we there, mm-hmm. there's variance. Right. Right. There, there, there can be multiple ways that you log information. There can be multiple ways that, that this happens. But, but if there's not a, a, you know, what happens first, what happens second, what happens third. Right. If there's not a prioritization schema, if there's not, then, then you can't, you, you can't build it in. Again, if, if my hands, if my bat's not over the plate, I'm not going to hit the baseball. Mm-hmm. I, I always, I used to joke around. I'd say, what if, let, this is how most people want to implement CRM. I, I hit a golf ball off of the 13th tee. Right. And it doesn't go straight. It doesn't go where I wanted it to go. And I get to my, I finally find my golf ball and I see that I'm actually right about 120 yards from the 17th hole. Yep. Okay. Remember I teed off on the 13th, about 120 yards from the 17th. I'm about 390 yards from the 13th with trees and a lake in the way. Now, there's only two problems with my golf game, Jess. The long game and the short game. The long game and the short game. But I'll tell you what, at 120 yards, especially back when I was playing golf, I could do 120 yards. Yep. Like I was good 120, 125. That was, I could do that. Right? Gotcha. So I'm now here and I'm like, the object of the game is to get the ball in the hole in the fewest number of strokes. Mm-hmm. Right? 
Yeah. As I understand well, damn, it, yes. <laughs> well, damn, I can get to the 17th hole in a hell of a lot fewer strokes than it's going to take me to get into the 13th hole. So why don't I just go to the 17th hole? <laughs> okay. Because that's not how the game is played, Doug. There are rules to the game. There's a standardization to the game. Otherwise, see, otherwise, you're, what does it look like when the business process isn't driving it? It looks like playing yeah, Othello is... with your two-year-old or three-year-old. <laughs> not Othello, I'm sorry. Oh, Uno. Where, where did Othello come from? I was going to say, Othello, that's very oddly that is old unique and unique and specific (laughs) it's like playing uno with your three-year-old okay i i don't know that i'm following this one uno with your three-year-old i've never played uno with your my kids no my daughter dylan who i don't think she listens to the show but shout out dylan mad at me again (laughs) um we we always talk about dylan land she we'd be playing she'd have She'd have 37 cards in her hand. Uh-huh. And then, you know, there'd be reversi, and she would just put them all down and go, Uno, and I win. And you're like, no, that's not how it works. She says, nope, nope, I win. <laughs> right, but she, she would just change the rules of whatever game right. you're playing. Right, right, to, right, right, right. right. And, right. and I mean, that's what, right, you, you can't scale that. Okay, yeah. You no. can't adopt that because, because, again, people don't adopt technology. People right. don't adopt CRM. They adopt business process. They adopt methodology. That so, so if we don't know what we're trying to do, by the way, we're putting sales in a bad position to win because if, if we don't have a clear process in place for how do we win, that's what process does in sales. It right. answers the question, how do we win? Yep. Right. It would be like, hey, we're going to play the Super Bowl. Um, we're going to play the Kansas City Chiefs. We got one team. We don't believe in playbooks. We're athletes. We're improv artists. Right? So we let the situation right. dictate what needs to be done. Right? You're, you're, you're not beating the Chiefs. No. Right? Right? <laughs> you're not getting to the Super Bowl there. Because, again, you have no right. guiding policy. Everyone's doing something different every time. By the way, it ends up wreaking havoc post-sale because everything comes in differently. All, all those things come about, but then you go, why is no one adopting it? Well, because there's nothing to adopt. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I actually like that analogy of the, it's like playing football without a playbook. <laughs> People running. I was saying, you know, what if Tom Brady was like, Hey, okay, Julian, you go down there and see the, see, see the person in the, in the red dress. You, you cut left when you get to her. <laughs> I mean, it works when we're seven, eight, nine years old playing sure. football in the street. Sure. Right. Sure. Um, so, so one thing I want to get into a little bit is, is, you know, we talk about when you don't follow the prime directive, that that is where tech implementations fail. Um, why, why is that? Because there's no such thing as success. Okay. What, what are we building to? Well, I'm, what so, are we, what are we implementing to? So, so I'll challenge you a little bit on this. <laughs> So we're we're getting our our CRM set up and our our sales team in and using the system, which is which is frequently like what what the goal is. <laughs> to do what? Because the goal is not to get people into the system. But that's, that's not how the we... goal. <laughs> okay. Okay. So hold on. Okay. That's how it gets so, framed, though. <laughs> hold on. So so is your comp mm-hmm. based on the number of times you log into the CRM? No, would never be. Do you go to, do you win P club trip? B- 
because of your CRM utilization score? No. Are you put on a PIP because <laughs> of your CRM implementation skills? Never have. Not going to say it would never happen. But <laughs> no. Let me do it. Well, okay. Here's the good news. You're at 160% quota. Okay. So your so, CRM so implementation no. <laughs> is bad. So we're putting you on a PIP. If you don't so fix no. it within the next 90 days, you're fired. Yeah. So no. <laughs> Judy, she's 60% quota. Um, so that's unfair. Fred, he's 60% quota, mm -hmm. but he uses the CRM beautifully. Congratulations, Fred. You made Founders Club. Yeah, not going to happen. Right. Yeah. The, the goal's not, and, and you know, I mean, I talk about this in our presentations. I do talk about this internally. No one is hiring us because they want to win a blue ribbon award for the best CRM implementation. Congratulations. This is the best CRM implementation. Do you know the definition, if you're flying a plane, do you know what the definition of a good landing is? Good landing is? Everybody makes it there in one piece. <laughs> one that you can walk away from. Yes. <laughs> right? What, what, what's the definition of a good implementation? One that gets the job done with the least amount of stress. But what's the job? Right. The job's not to enter data correctly. That is not the job. We can go back to our early episode, Just We can do some episodes on uh, the job's not to implement yeah. data correctly. Because let me ask you this. If, you know, I, we want this information, you know, they give us a list of 176 things they want to know. Yep. Okay, if you don't know this, does that impact your ability to win or manage the customer client? Oh, no, no, no. It doesn't have any impact. Yeah. Okay, then what do we care? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe it's nice to have information, but. Yeah you know, again, whatever, what, what are we trying to do? Right. I just, I just had a really good conversation and I was actually, I was very pleasantly surprised because they actually had, um, they adopted the idea much more easily than I expected them to. Cause they have a very clear set of rules. Um, and as a matter of fact, in, in the consideration period, as they were deciding, did they want to leave their existing CRM? It was made very clear that we need to be able um, to do a better job automating the rules about how many days someone's allowed to own an account Yep. what has to be done, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I said, and I listened to it and I came back and I said, you know, the objective is this. In, in, in the way it was happening, it actually had a, had a um, unexpected consequence that it reinforced very short-term thinking for sales reps. Mm -hmm. And so sure. we showed them a different way of doing it with the identity being what, what we're not trying to limit ownership, we're trying to make sure that accounts that should be worked are worked and someone's not parking it in some way, shape or form. And so we actually showed how it unlocked better. And we were only able to do that because we went into the business process. And by the yep. way, by the way, do you know how much CRM configuration is going to be needed to support the approach that we're going to take? Very little. None. None. <laughs> okay. None. Right. Because Account ownership's obviously already there, right? Yeah. The ability to report yep. on how many accounts somebody has right now is already there, right? Yep. And, and so basically, what we're doing is, you know, each each sales rep is allowed a certain um, allotment of of accounts at various stages, right? And and every quarter they reset. We were, and and so if I want to, so if I have this account. I'm oversimplifying this a little bit. If I have this account and I've done nothing with this account and I want to continue to have this account as one of my allotment, I have a number that I have to hit and I want to keep owning it and I want to keep owning it. 
and I'm hitting my number. Okay. Now it, it's a little bit more specific than that. Cause we're going to have the ability to identify things and, and I mean, you wouldn't want that account to actually be dead, but, but my point is they were so focused on the technology that, you know, that was an example of the technology driving the process because a lot of the reasons why the rules existed the way that they did was because that's how they could program it in their existing CRM. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Um, so, so I want my people in the CRM. Okay. For what? Right. Yeah. You know, one of the biggest complaints you hear about CRM implementation is my, the, you know, the problem is we bought it to free our salespeople and the, and the, and the problem is they spend more time in the CRM than they spend yeah. talking to customers. Yeah. And I think, I think the other place where, where it loses focus is, you know, there, there's, there's a bill we're paying for the CRM and we want them in and we want them doing everything in there and we want them in fast. And so we don't want to think through the business process pieces of it because we're so worried about the fact that we're, we're paying for it and we want everybody in. And right. they're not thinking and about the cost long-term on that, that they're going to end well, up paying for that later. I'm, I'm going to say they're not thinking about the cost short-term on that because I'm going to ask you the question, does your bank accept deposits on, on the adoption rate of your CRM? <laughs> so, so what if we did a CRM implementation? Mm-hmm. And we got a hundred percent adoption in ninety days, mm-hmm. and sales dropped by twenty percent. Well, we'd be fired. <laughs> Wait, they're not going to tell us we did a great job because they didn't even believe a hundred percent adoption was possible. Oh my god, this is great! Can we please give yeah. me more? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So, so, so again, now remember, you're going to challenge me on what I said was without clear business process, mm-hmm. there's no such thing as there's no there is no such thing as successful tech implementation because there's no objective. There's no outcome. There's no win to achieve. Mm-hmm. So, so what we want, what do we want from how will you know the CRM investment was, was successful? Sales will go up. Right. There's a, there'll be a multiple of revenue generated to the cost expended. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. So you will win more business. Right. Now I've got news for you. Your CRM does not win or lose business. I love HubSpot. Yeah. Yeah. They have this new ROI document and calculator out that shows people who use HubSpot increase their, their win rate by 56%. Mm-hmm. And so they have this whole calculator that whatever, you know, how many deals right. do you win? What's your average rate? The right. ROI is they increase it by 56%. Guess what? It's, I'm sure. sorry. Now I can tell you why that it, those numbers show up. I'm, the the number is right. accurate and wrong, right? It's like the opposite of the, <laughs> You know, I may not know this, you know, as a fact, but I know that it's true. I forget. That, you know, right. You yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. So, you know, your CRM doesn't win or lose. Right. So here's the question. So you want to win more business. That's what it is. Okay. How do you win? Here's what the CRM can do. The CRM can enable and accelerate mm-hmm. the motions that you need to win. The CRM, by the way, and where the CRM is at its most powerful is it can nudge and yeah. restrain so that people are following the process without having to think about it. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so if there is no process, if there is no business process defined, then there's nothing to nudge to or against. It's what do I want here? 
what do I want now? Right? I can't, you, you can't optimize that. You, you are playing a game of six dimensional whack-a-mole. <laughs> six dimensional whack-a-mole. Actually, you know what I called it? I actually called it something better than six dimensional whack-a-mole. It, what? It's uh, triangulation whack-a-mole. Oh yeah. That's, that's, that's very descriptive. <laughs> that paints right? the picture. You're, 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 yeah. you're running over here because of that. You're running over there because of that. You, know, you yeah. show me a rep who's not complaining about something. I'm going to show you a rep who's not selling seriously enough. Yeah, no, I actually, that's a, that's right. a great point. Yeah. Right. The, yeah. The, the, the fact that they're able to do what they do leads them to be, you know, they complain about stuff. They're not afraid to say something. And so, you know, like, you know, the number of times you end up start chasing something, you know, it's hilarious. You remember, um, you know, one of the most challenging implementations we had, we had, you know, a rep say, well, it doesn't do this, 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 and this. And I'm like, Okay, on that list, which of those things are particularly important? And yeah. Constantly, well, none of them are particularly important, but it doesn't do that. <laughs> right. Yes, and like I he even that. caught himself to go, oh, okay, I get it, right. Okay. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and so you can't, you can't ever get to that point. And, and, and by the way, the, the other difficulty is you can never get to complete. Yes. You can never get to complete. Yes. And, and when you change your CRM, you're changing behavior. And if the and if the behavior change isn't in alignment with the process to guide that behavior, then what's guiding the behavior? So the element is if you don't have good business process, and by the way, that doesn't mean the business process has to be good. Right. Right. Good business process does not mean the process has to be good. <laughs> what it, what it means is that there's a clear hypothesis. And oh, by the way, you you will have ambiguities in your business process if it has not been refined over the course of years. Right. Yeah. And, it, yep. and it's okay to have ambiguities in the process, but it's not okay to have ambiguities and not know it because what technology will do is technology will fill in the gaps and that's where havoc occurs, right? Yeah. Yep. And that's where we end up start, you know, we end, that's the automation episode that we had last time. And so it's the business process must drive the technology is not three magic beans, no, we don't it have is, three magic beans. It is. If the system isn't working like you want it to, where's the business process? And the business right. process means that you say yes to some actions and you say no to other actions. Those are what that's what is known as a trade-off, I believe. A choice <laughs> and a trade-off, right? And so could I win a hand if I'm dealt uh two of hearts and a seven of spades? And I'm playing Texas Hold'em. I could win it. Yeah. But I probably shouldn't play it unless I'm running a bluff. Yeah. Right? It's probably not a good idea. Let, let, let's not build our decision tree mm -hmm. for playing two seven off sweet hands. Yeah. Yeah. Now I've just confused everybody that's not a poker player. <laughs> It took me a minute actually to process it, but now now I'm following. The funny thing is, I talk about poker so much, people think I play poker a lot. I, I and you don't. don't. Poker. You are good at I, though. Doug 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 won me some money last time we were in Vegas. <laughs> you know why I don't play poker? For those, I don't I, I don't have the pace. Like I know myself well enough to know that I don't have the patience for it. And I and I ha and, and what's worse is I have the patience. And I'm, by the way, very critical of myself when I'm playing it because I understand this stuff. But I have the patience to get me to like the last third of the table. Oh, but the problem gotcha. is when you're playing with a group of people, like I'm really good at, you know, finishing fourth or fifth. Mm -hmm. But 
you know, when I, when I used to play with friends, it would only be the top three and whoever finished third, you made some, basically you got your money back. Right. And, and so you're at a point, you know, you're doing this and everyone that, everyone that, that lost early is, you know, watching the game, joking around, playing pinball, you know, whatever it might be. I'm sitting there. So I'm, the, so I get to spend the entire night. Right. And then I still end up with nothing. So I like, I, I cause I finally lose the patience you just don't. To, to stay with, with the process. Yeah. 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 So, so one question that came to mind as we were talking through this is, do you feel like part of the reason that this is so hard is that um, people don't have a documented business process more than they just, they don't know how to apply that business process to technology or is it that it's just a hard concept to understand how to do that? So, so I think the hard thing about this is that it's hard. Um, well, that's, that's concise. <laughs> well, so, so, um, I forget who wrote the book, the hard thing about hard things, you know, some things are hard and, and the worst thing that we can do is to try to make them easy. Um, so yeah, it's hard. I, I think it's less about business process. I mean, I'm, I think it's less about documenting than it is about defining the business process. Okay. Making, gotcha. making hypotheses are, you know, is hard. Yeah. But by the way, because, you know, especially when you're initially developing a business process, um, you're establishing a hypothesis. So you're building it for adjustment. There, there's a lot of uncertainty in it. You're, I'd, I'd rather just jump to certainty and technology is great at giving you certainty. Sure. Yeah. Um, so you have to be open to being wrong or, mm-hmm. you're, or you're in deep trouble. Yep. Um, and, and I'll tell you, it's scary. It's scary. Yeah. Because when you say yes to some things and no to other things, you what immediately comes to mind is everything you're saying no to that could come up. By the way, the other thing that is interesting is if you think about what people remember, they remember outliers and edge cases. They don't remember mm-hmm. standard. Sure. And so, so we always overestimate. I mean, I had I, I still remember one of the first sales trainings that I did. And someone you know stood up and said, "Look, you know, this is all well and good." But, you know, one of the largest, one of the best customers I ever worked with, this would never work, blah, 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 blah. And I, I don't know where the idea came from or where the inspiration came from. I said, if you don't mind me asking, like, when was that? And it was like 15 years ago. And I said, okay, okay, great. Well, and I said, how many other customers would fit that yeah. profile? Said, well, well yeah. no one has, but, but for that one, it won't work. And I said, okay, fair enough. This probably wouldn't work for him. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And again, and especially when you're talking about a platform and you're talking about technology, when you're talking about scale, you can't scale edge cases. Right. It doesn't mean you can't accept them. Mm-hmm. You can't scale them. And you have to plan for And, and you, we, we did that episode about um, sales methodologies where I talked about, you know, the great performers versus the average. What, what, what we're trying to do is we're trying to move the middle of the bell curve yeah. over to you know, to greater throughput, greater velocity. That's sure. what scale is. That's why we adopt CRM. All right. I got a couple of, uh, of takeaways. Um, I thought what you were saying around that the ration- rationale is business process. I'd never really thought of that before, but it, it really clicked with me. I think that made a lot of sense. Um, you're not an organization without standardization. You're not an organization. You're not a sales organization. Um, and I, you've said it before, but I think your CRM does not win or lose business. 
Like that, that is such a misconception. Everybody thinks they're going to get a new CRM and they're going to close all of this business. And, and that's just not, not how it works. <laughs> I might start, I might add that question to my repertoire. Are what? you a sales organization or a sales confederation? I think, uh, yeah. And, and, I like and that. by the way, you know what, if they say, well, actually we're probably more of a sales confederation then okay. Then each grouping needs to have its own separate implementation. Yep. And and you can do that. Now, we've is done that, that going to be a heavier before. spend? Is that going to, right? You got you to gotta make that decision. Yep. Right? Yep. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, I didn't, didn't get a chance. You kept me too occupied. I didn't get a chance to get your song together. Oh, sorry. Oh, darn. Guess, Maybe next time. <laughs> Maybe next time. I guess we'll just have to call that one a show. Everybody will have something to look forward to on the next episode. <laughs> Till next time. Right, everyone, thanks for joining us. See you at the next RevOps show. And that's a wrap on this episode of the RevOps show. I like what Doug mentioned in this episode that your CRM can enable and accelerate the things that you need to win. Where the CRM is most powerful is that it can nudge and restrain so people can follow the process without having to think about it. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to go subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you listen to us. Leave us a review and share the episode. If you have any questions you would like to ask Doug or Jess about our Prime Directive, email me at hannah at liftenablement.com or hit us up on Twitter at Demand Creator. Until next time, remember, you can't solve your upstream problems downstream.